welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. Pastor Roy is starting a new series today on the Beatitudes called Healer of Hearts. To start off, Pastor Roy will be looking at how the Healer of Hearts heals our brokenness. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with Pastor Roy. Today I'm starting a new series, um, and you can see it on the front of the bulletin cover, Healer of Hearts. And we know who that is, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, God our Father, is the one who is going to bring healing into our lives. This series I'm going to do will be several messages and Uh, You remember a number of weeks ago we talked about a Celebrate Recovery ministry that we would like to get started in our church, and so this is in conjunction with that um, uh, ministry, and so anyhow, but I feel like it will help us as a church and as a people, so much so that I really believe and pray that this sermon series will change some lives. God wants to heal our brokenness and the truth is we're all broken people every one of us are broken people and we're going to see that as we look at this uh, passage today and some scriptures if we look even in the gospel accounts there's a surprising thing that will happen if you really begin to focus in on the gospels and see how much Jesus spends his time healing people Much of Jesus' ministry in the Gospels is about healing people, broken people from all kinds of maladies. If you were to open your Bible, and you don't have to turn there right now because we're going to look at another passage, if turn to Isaiah chapter 57, and we're going to look at a verse there in a moment, but in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus heals a paralytic who had been lying on a mat. He tells him to get up, take up your mat, and go home just simple. He's healed. Then a man's daughter dies and a ruler comes to him and says, you need to come. This ruler's daughter's dead and they need help. Jesus is on his way to help that man. And while he's on his way there, a woman who has a bleeding problem for 12 years touches the hem of Jesus' garment and is immediately healed. There's another healing. Jesus gets to this man's daughter's house, and he heals her from the dead. After that, this is all in Matthew 9, two blind men follow Jesus and cry out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Jesus touched their eyes, and he said, According to your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. He healed them. A demon-possessed man who could not talk, was brought to Jesus. Jesus drove the demon out of this man, and the mute man began to talk. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Jesus healed the demon-possessed man. And then it says, Jesus went through the towns and villages preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So here is the first thing that we need to think about is that God is aware of our brokenness. He was aware of all the brokenness of the people that he touched 
in Matthew 9 and in all the Gospels, and he is aware of our brokenness as well. The very opening words of Isaiah 57, 18 says, I have seen his ways. He has seen our brokenness because if you go back through and you read Isaiah 57, you'll see the brokenness of the Israelites. Absolutely broken. Caught up in all kind of pagan fertility rites and everything else. Broken people. And Jesus, God, understands. He's aware of the brokenness. God is aware of our hurts, our hang-ups, and habits that reveal our brokenness. Apart from God's revelation, you and I have no understanding of brokenness whatsoever. We are blind to our brokenness if we do not have the revelation of God. The only way I know I'm a broken person is the Scripture tells me I'm broken. Everybody else, if I go to psychology, they say you're a good person. Oh, you're a good person. You're okay. You're going to be fine. No, I'm a broken person, and you are a broken person. And God is aware of our brokenness. Our brokenness is manifested in several areas. And the reason we're blind to our brokenness is because the God of this world has blinded our minds to our brokenness. Several areas. We have emotional brokenness. We have financial brokenness. We have relational brokenness. We have spiritual brokenness. We have sexual brokenness. There's every kind of brokenness under the sun. Let's think for a moment. Emotional brokenness. I can't handle the challenges of my life because I, I, I face fear. I face worry. I face anxiety. I face anger. I face jealousy. I face covetousness. I face depression because we're broken people. Somehow we think that, oh, well, he's the pastor. He doesn't face any of that. Wrong. Oh, they're in the pew. They're in church every Sunday. They don't face that. Wrong. You face it too because we're broken people. Look at financial brokenness. People are in debt because they do not have a spending plan. They lack discipline in this area that have kept them from being faithful and consistently honoring God with their finances. And yet every year it's going to be, I'm, you know, I'm going to change. It's going to get better. I'm going to turn it around. And I hope some of you are in the financial peace class because that, that can help and God can use that. But the truth of the matter is the reason we have financial brokenness is because we're broken people. God wants to heal your brokenness. Thirdly, relational brokenness. People are looking for happiness and wholeness in a relationship apart from Christ. Marriages dissolve. Children are born out of wedlock. The woman in John chapter 4 went from man to man to man to man. Oh, this one's going to fix me. I'm going to get better. I'm going to heal from my brokenness because this man is going to be the man of my dreams only to have her dreams broken and shattered again. Why? Relational brokenness. We are broken people. And we're hurt from those relationships. 
their spiritual brokenness. We do not really have a solid foundation for our life. Some people are blown around by every wind of advice. They pick up the newspaper and they got to look at their zodiac sign to see, oh, what does it say? What's my future going to be? Oh, let me go to this palm reader and see, what do they say about me? Let me look at this crystal ball. Let me read these tarot cards. I mean, they look for everything under the sun for their spiritual brokenness. And none of them is going to help. And then there's sexual brokenness. Every, some people have faced, and this is sad, they've been abused by somebody they trusted. And they were abused. And there's a brokenness in that. And Satan has kept them in a grip of guilt and shame because of that brokenness. Satan wants to keep you in that grip of brokenness. The brokenness in the home has caused brokenness in society. We have gender identity confusion. Why? Because of the brokenness of the home. Young people are growing up and it's like, what am I? Am I, am I? am I a boy? Am I a girl? Am I? Well, what does God say you are? And he wants to heal your gender identity confusion, whatever it is. And notice, I need to realize I'm not God. That's why I'm a broken person. I'm a human I am not God, and neither are you. He's the only perfect human being. I cannot see or understand my brokenness apart from God. So here's what we have to admit. All of us have to admit this. I need to admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do wrong things, and my life is unmanageable. Now, I'm saying, apart from Christ, that's what we have in our society. Why do we have all the ills of our society and the brokenness? Because we are powerless to control our tendency to do wrong things. Absolutely powerless. Let me give you some examples, just simple examples. Do you ever stay up late when you know you need sleep? Do you ever eat or drink more calories than your body needs? You don't have to ask me. Um, do you ever feel you ought to exercise, but you don't? Do you ever know the right thing to do, but you don't do it? Do you ever know something is wrong, but you do it anyway? Have you ever known something you should do that was unselfish, but you were selfish instead? Have you ever tried to control somebody or something and found it uncontrollable? If you answer yes to any of those questions, it's just an answer to your brokenness. So, what is the cause of our brokenness? We know that God's aware of it. God has told us we're broken in his word. What is the cause of our brokenness? Very simple. It's our sin nature. We have a sin nature. That sin nature will be with us till the day we die. I can't get rid of it. I can defeat it by the power of Christ, but I cannot get totally rid of it. I have two natures if I've accepted Christ. I have a new nature and an old nature, and because of that sin nature, I am a broken individual, and so are you.
All have sinned, the Bible says. None of us are perfect. We've all blown it. We've all disappointed God, and we've all broken his law. And our sin nature gets us into all kinds of problems. I do things that aren't good for me. I could even be involved in things that are self-destructive. And because I'm a broken individual. I respond the wrong way when I'm hurt. We can do that. And increase the hurt rather than lessening it. I can react to people the wrong way. I can attempt to fix my problems and they end up worse than they were. In Proverbs 14, it says there is a way that seems right to man, but it ends in death. Paul understood the sin nature. Listen to what he says in Romans 7, 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good, and it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Paul goes on to say, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Nothing good in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. And that is Paul saying that. (laughs) Did you ever know a more spiritual person than Paul? Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So the cause of our brokenness is a sinful nature. And we all have it. We want to decide what is right and what is wrong. We don't want anybody telling us what's right and wrong. We want to be our own boss. We want to call the shots. We want to be in control. Right? We want to be autonomous, independent, and free. The more insecure we are, the more we want to be in control. Control other people, control environment. It's called, do you know what control is called? It's called playing God. That's what we want to do. We want to play God with our own lives, with the lives of other people, because of our brokenness. That's what we want to do. God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, did he not? And in the paradise of God, they tried to control paradise. God said you can do anything you want in this paradise except one thing. Don't eat from this one certain tree. And what did they do? They made a beeline for that one tree because they want to be in control. They want to call the shots. They want to be God. Eat this fruit and be God's. And that's been the problem from the beginning. So here's the question. How do we play God today? How do we do that? Let me give you four suggestions. We try to control our image. We want to hide certain things. We don't want people to know certain things about us. So we hide. We put on masks. We pretend. We fake it. 
We want people to see certain parts of us and not other parts of us. We hide. We deny our weakness. We deny our feelings. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. I'm not worried. I'm not afraid. And we control our image. What people want, what we want them to see. We don't want them to see our brokenness. That's what we don't want them to see. And so we control our image. Secondly, we try to control other people. Parents try to control their kids. Kids try to control their parents. Wives try to control their husbands. Husbands try to control their wives. There's office politics for control. Countries try to control other countries. We use tools to manipulate one another. We use guilt to control people. We use fear. We use anger. We use the silent treatment. Anything we can do to manipulate somebody else. Why? Because we want to play God. Thirdly, we try to control problems. We use phrases like, I can handle it. It's not really a problem. I'm okay. Really, I'm fine. I don't need any help, and I certainly don't need counseling. God forbid somebody think I need counseling. I can quit any time. I'll work it out on my own. The more you try to fix your problem yourself, the worse the problem gets. And fourthly, we try to control our pain. Have you ever thought about how much time you spend running from pain, trying to avoid it, escape it, deny it, reduce it, postpone it? It's why people will go down to the corner bar and get drunk because of pain and brokenness. It's why somebody will get high on drugs because they're broken and they want to get rid of their pain. It's why some people will run from a relationship to a relationship that somebody's going to bring comfort to me and bring comfort and take away my pain. And they're trying to find it in a human relationship. And the pain just increases. It doesn't go away. Some people try to postpone their pain by eating, and they just eat and eat and eat. Other people by not eating at all. Some people will develop some kind of compulsive habit, or they become abusive or angry with people. They become critical and judgmental to hide their pain. They get depressed. There are so many ways we control our pain, or at least attempt to. Pain comes when we realize in our quiet moments we're not God, and we can't control everything. And that's scary. The first step in healing is to realize we cannot get along well on our own. Don't deny it. Don't deny your brokenness. Don't deny your pain. Don't deny your desire to control. 
What are the consequences for playing God? I'll give you four. The first one is fear. When I try to control everything, I get afraid. Adam, when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? They ran in fear and they hid because they were scared. Fear over what they did trying to play God. We're afraid somebody's going to find out we're fakes, we're phonies, we don't really have it all together, we're not perfect. And that's why you can come into a church building and you hold people at arm's length. I've been a pastor for 20 years and I've seen it over and over and over again because of the brokenness of people. They keep people at arm's length. They don't let them get any closer than that. As soon as service is over, man, they're out the door. They come in late. They don't want to get close to anybody because somebody might find out who I really am and they might reject me, they may not like me, and I don't want to hurt anymore. But you know what? Satan is keeping you in bondage to your brokenness. And God wants to heal you. No, no matter what your brokenness is, whether it's relational, financial, emotional, sexual, spiritual, God wants to heal your brokenness. And mine too. All of us. So we keep this image up because of our fear. Secondly is frustration. You know, it's frustrating to be the general manager of the universe. How many of you have ever taken your kids to Chuck E. Cheese's? They have a game in there, right, that has the mallet. And you bang down those varmints, you know, boom, boom. The other, and as soon as you bang down one, what happens? Another one pops up. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And you can never get them all down at the same time. And that's the way it works with our brokenness. It's like, boom, I handle this relational problem and another one pops up. Boom, I handle that financial crisis and another one pops up. Boom, I handle that problem and another one pops up. And I can't seem to keep them all down. We whack one down and another one pops up. We're not powerful enough to knock them all down. We're not even smart enough to unplug the machine. <laughs> and we get frustrated. But there's a deeper problem that we haven't dealt with. And we want to control everything and it doesn't work. Thirdly, fatigue. It's tiring playing God, trying to control everything, pretending you got it all together. Denial takes a lot of energy. In Psalm 32, David said, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. But then what did he do about it? He says, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. In other words, I stopped hiding my sin because I was absolutely emotionally and physically exhausted trying to keep up this front that he became honest. He said, God, I need you to heal me. I need you to touch me. I need you to forgive me of my sin. I need you to recognize my brokenness, God, and, and give me mercy and grace. Some people... Because of their brokenness, they work themselves to death. 
They just work, 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 work. And the reason they do that is because they don't want to stop and think about life and their feelings and their emotions and their hurts and their pain. So they work, 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 work. Others get into some hobby or sport and they just, they just over and over and they just throw themselves into it so they don't have to think about life. Fourthly is failure. In trying to play God, you will fail every time. He says in Proverbs 28, 13, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So we have to confess our sin, which requires openness and honesty. Well, sounds pretty dismal, but what's the cure? The cure is God wants to heal our brokenness. I don't know what brokenness you have in your life, but I can tell you this. The God of the universe knows every pain, every hurt, every disappointment, every frustration, every fear, every battle that you face in your life. And you will not find healing in any other place. If you do, try to do it with a relationship, you know what you're doing? You're putting a Band-Aid on. Oh, let me fix this over here. Let me go out and buy something. I'll feel better about myself. You're putting a Band-Aid on. Oh, let me just work a few more hours or make a little bit more money. Just put a Band-Aid on. <laughs> the Band-Aid won't heal. Only God will. Because we're broken. We're spiritually broken people, and God can heal us. So here's some things we have to do. We have to admit that we are powerless to change our past. Yes, I've had some hurtful things in my past, and so have you. And I could stand up here and share with you in clarity some hurts and disappointments I've had in my life. And I could have turned my back on God a long time ago. But I'm powerless to change my past. And so are you. You can't live in the past. Paul says, forgetting what is behind and looking forth to what is ahead. You have to look ahead to the author and finisher of our faith. Secondly, I admit that I am powerless to control other people. That's not my job. I'm not the ruler of the universe. Some people say, why did he do that? Or why did she say that? Or aren't they a Christian? And they, well, that's between them and God. I can't fix. <laughs> it's not my responsibility. Thirdly, I admit that I am powerless to cope with my harmful habits, behaviors, and actions. Can't do it. How many times have you tried and failed? Willpower is not enough. You need a source beyond yourself, and that source has to be God. I admit I need God's grace. See, I can admit all the powerless things, but here's the key. I need the grace of God. That's what we sang about in the one song. We need God's grace. That's the answer to our brokenness. That's the answer to our healing. It's the answer to our help. It's the answer to bringing comfort to pain. It's the answer to loneliness. It's the answer to hurt and disappointment. I need the grace of God. 
See, look in Isaiah 57, 18. God says, I have seen his ways, talking about Israel, and how horrible they were. If you read through the chapter, it is absolutely horrible. Because he says, you were sons of a sorceress in verse 3. You were offspring of adulterers and prostitutes. I mean, they were wicked, horrible people. He says in verse 4, Whom are you mocking? At whom do you sneer and stick out your tongue? Are you not a brood of rebels, the offspring of liars? That sounds like a nice people group. But what does God say? Does he turn his back on their brokenness and say, yeah, I'm done with you. You're worthless. You're helpless. I can't do anything with you. I'm sick of you. I think he was sick of them, but here's what he says. Look in verse 18. I have seen his ways, all that wickedness, and here's what God says, but I will heal him. Talk about grace. Talk about mercy. I will heal him. I will guide him. I will restore comfort to him. That's what God says he will do. So what brokenness do you have that you need healed, that you need led, guided, that you need comfort, restoration? God wants to bring that to you. He says in James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace, mark this down, underline it, circle it, highlight it. Grace is the power to change. (laughs) If I want change in my life, if I want healing in my life, if I want God in my life, grace is what I need more than anything else. And when we're recipients, we give it. And there are times I have failed to give it. I can admit that. There are times I fail because of my sin nature and my brokenness as a pastor. There are times I fail. Maybe times I've failed some of you. I need your grace. You need my grace as well. And when I say my grace, I'm talking about the grace of God working in me and through me. So here's the question. If I need God's grace, and if he opposes the proud, how do I get his grace? One way. He gives it to the humble. The humble. So what needs changing in your life? What hurt? What habit? What hang-up have you been trying to ignore or avoid? For many, this will be the hardest step because you have to admit you have a need. And that takes humility. But God gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me just ask you a question. Are you aware of your brokenness? 
Do you know that God is aware of your brokenness? Maybe nobody else in this room knows about your brokenness, but God, well, he's the one that needs to know, and he wants to bring healing to you. You are broken because you have a sin nature, and as long as you think you are in control of your life, you are going to ruin your life, not only for time, but for eternity, because you have rejected the grace of God. You have rejected his healing when you reject his grace. You have rejected his power because you have rejected his grace. Grace gives you the power to change. I have hurts. I have habits. I have hang-ups. And so do you. And somehow God in his mercy and grace wants to bring healing to me and he wants to bring healing to you. Every person in this room and many people in the community of Huron, there are so many people, there are some people who today, they'll be watching a football game only to get drunk. But why are they getting drunk? Because of the game? No, because of their brokenness. There'll be young men and young ladies hooking up this week, getting together, because they're in pain, and they're looking for comfort, and it's not going to bring comfort. It may bring some temporary comfort, only to yield more pain to their brokenness. God is the only one who can heal our brokenness. He is the healer of hearts. I don't know what pain you've been through. That separates people in the body of Christ and you don't get the fellowship that you need. God wants to bring healing in your life. Maybe you are here today and you have been through incredible, humiliating, shameful, hurtful abuse. Sexual, verbal, emotional, and it has kept you in bondage for years. God wants to set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I would love nothing more than to see God do a miraculous work in your heart. Will you just say, God, and give him your brokenness today, your sin? Say, God, I'm a sinner. I have a sin nature. I know I do wrong things. I know I've done bad things. I know I've disappointed you. I've hurt you. I've hurt myself. But God, today, I'm not turning over a new leaf. I'm turning over my life to you. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you to come in and you take control of the throne of my life because I've tried to control it and I've made a mess. And it's time to turn over the reins of my life to you. I'm tired of playing God in my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Would you do that? I don't know what brokenness you have that you're dealing with, but I know that God knows. 
Would you give it to him today? And if there's a spiritual need that we can be praying for you about, would you approach myself or someone else in this church and say, would you pray with me today before I leave? It takes courage. It takes humility. But would you do that? Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.